0: Today on Raiders Get Animated, we're talking Star Wars. It's our Star Wars special. But not not the Star Wars holiday special, even though it is the holidays. It's definitely, we're not, it's not the Star Wars holiday special.
1: Hashtag never again.
0: Hashtag never, never again. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling and animation and
1: Star Wars for this episode. I'm Chris Leva. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. I wouldn't say this episode. We're like Star Wars one out of four episodes. Uh,
0: Star Wars references, but where we talk about Star Wars, it's only about two a season.
1: Okay. Okay. So far.
0: We'll see. (laughs) There's always more Star Wars to discuss, I think. (laughs) <laughs> we haven't done an episode about Rebels yet, and I feel like that should be done.
1: Why no, We wait, totally we did. have. You're right. We did. We did the season
0: finale. You're right. I, I was trying to give us some leeway, and now it's gone. Now, now yeah. we can't do another Rebels episode. So. We've done like five Star Wars episodes now. So but, That's one in ten. <laughs> this Star Wars episode, though, is going to be about a character that we'll get to meet on the big screen um, very soon. So if you haven't yet seen Star Wars, oh, sorry, sorry, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, um, we will get to meet Saw Gerrera, played by Forrest Whitaker Mm -hmm. in that film. Saw Gerrera. The Last King of
1: Onderon. I'm sorry? The Last King of Onderon.
0: (laughs) Now, Saw Gerrera... Is the first character in the Star Wars universe to jump from cartoon, from animation, from the TV shows, into live action. Now, I, I have to preface this, though, because I don't, I don't want Star Wars fans to come after us. I mean, we are Star Wars fans, but I don't want other Star Wars fans to come after us. Yes, we realize that the character of Boba Fett first was shown in animated form during the Star Wars Holiday Special before he was in live action in Star Wars Episode V: The Empire Strikes Back. We re-
1: we understand
0: that, but
1: but he wasn't a deleted scene for a New Hope, so he was on film before he was in animation, even though the public didn't see it. So, so there's there's all that. There's that. Also that the Star Wars
0: holiday special in no way uh, is in no way canon. So this (laughs) Star Wars, the Clone Wars, not Star Wars, Clone Wars, but Star Wars, the Clone Wars, from which Saw Gerrera is plucked from, Mm -hmm. is canon, according to Mm -hmm. the Lucasfilm Star Wars Story Trust.
1: It was the base of the beginning new expanded canon.
0: Yes, which is different from the expanded universe. Yeah, which is now Legends. Which is now Star Wars Legends and is not canon.
1: Unless they make it canon again.
0: Which they may take pieces of it and bring it back in, which they have been doing consistently throughout.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: But I don't think they're ever going to take it wholesale. I think they're going to take no. what they need from it it's a vast library of things that they're able to reference and lots of ships that they can reference and characters that they can bring in. But this is, is...
1: I like it. It's kind of like beta testing for Star Wars fans. It's like, okay, if we bring this back into the animated show, will the diehard Star Wars fans see it and like it? Okay, now what happens if we like take something from the animation and put it in the live-action movie? Will Star Wars... Well, the regular public still like it.
0: <laughs> well, will the re- regular public uh, care? Like, will yeah. they will they care? They're just like, oh, Forrest Whitaker's in this Star Wars movie, and he's
1: playing a guy named Saw. Neat. I think this this movie may be the gateway drug into the animated shows. I think. For After some people. After rewatching, yeah. So we're talking specifically today about the Clone Wars season five episodes two, three, four, and five. Um, which is this whole saga on Onderon, um, which had been mentioned in the show before. And doing some research for this, I kind of put a couple pieces together about where Onderon is. And I'm thinking, I think our original thought process on them using Saw in Rogue One was that, oh, this is a character who fits this need. But I think after rewatching it, that they specifically had this character in mind based on the background that he has. I think this is going to be how people get into the shows. And bring it back in. Yeah. Um, a brief history of Onderon. To give you background for Saw Gerrera. Onderon is the planet that Saw Gerrera is from and lives on. <laughs> um, I th- Onderon is first mentioned when uh, Amidala and Ahsoka go to the Separatist Senate. And they meet the Separatist Senator from Onderon. And Ahsoka has like this love thing with the Senator's son, Lux Bontari. And then later they go to Onderon in this series of episodes, and the separatists have taken over neutral Onderon and dethroned the king. And there are um, rebels that the Jedi decide to back and fund.
0: And quietly. Here's what
1: quietly. Because and they wind up. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say because the Jedi can't come out
0: and show support for these rebels because it's a political coup. They're, the Republic itself is honoring the monarchy that exists in Onderon. So they're saying that king is king and the Republic acknowledges that. So they can't, the Jedi can't go against the Republic because that would seem uh, bad for the Jedi. Someone might want to take them out. Yeah. Take them down. And
1: we'll definitely get into that political part. Cause I think that's very interesting in the saga also. But the other piece that I put into this is at the end of this saga of episodes, they free Onderon, the rethrone king is like, okay, the Republic's right. We should go with them. Even though I don't like them, we should side with them because the Separatists are worse. And then what I realized doing some reading is that Onderon is also in the background for rebels. That's where Kallus' group is ambushed by a Lasat mercenary who kills his entire group except for Kallus. Hmm. Interesting. So that's, yeah, so it's, re-taken over by the Empire, Um, and that's... So Onderon is kind of playing into many different things right now. So
0: you're saying the king of Onderon had two choices. He could either be with the Separatists, or he could be with the Republic. And he chose... In the end, he chose the Republic. But Mm -hmm. before the saga, he didn't choose either, because he saw them as both equally bad. Yes. Now, in one, in Star Wars fashion, I think he's right because they're both led by the same person. <laughs> just, I mean, I mean, let's let's be real. They're both run by the evil Darth Sidious slash Chancellor Palpatine. It's the same person in charge of both the Separatists and the Republic. I'm sure he didn't know that, and that's not the reason why he said this government is bad as that government because they're run by the same person. If he did realize that, that would have been nice for him to tell people being mm-hmm. the one person who figured it out. But I don't think that's the reason.
1: I think Saw is going to wind up being a stand in for the same kind of King's dilemma in this saga in the new movie. Cause you I think, think in, so? yeah, in these four episodes, we see both the worst of the Jedi and the worst of the separatists because both groups, with a stake in this planet, betray their allies on the planet. The Jedi are backing this resistance, kind of, as they say in the show, terrorist cell. Uh, But they're not going to help them. They're just going to give them weapons and sell the weapons. Um, And then when they're in need of help and being slaughtered, the Jedi don't come to help. Right. Ahsoka just has to watch. And then the Separatists later, you're like... The new king is brewing, and they have all the droids here, and then uh, Dooku decides it's no longer a, uh, I don't know, profitable endeavor for them. And so they pull out all the droids and just, in this hair of a moment, like, shoot the new king, and he's dead. The rebels don't kill the king. The Separatists kill the king and destabilize their own planet. So I think that in the new movie in Rogue One, um, Saw is going to be this representation of um, in the Rebel Alliance, he's going to be part of the rebels and fighting for against the Empire, but not necessarily to bring back the Republic. Because we've seen the rebels who want to be part of the Republic, but I think we're going to see a different side of the Rebel Alliance in Rogue One of are rebels who don't want either system. Mm. They just don't want tyranny. You're right there. And another... They're
0: yeah. not fighting to restore something. They're fighting to completely start something fresh because both were corrupt.
1: Because mm-hmm. Saw didn't like the Separatists being in charge, but spoilers, the Jedi get his sister killed. How did the Jedi get his sister killed? I mean, they wouldn't come in and help. Um, they kind of let them on their own. They provide the rocket launchers, but then Saw uses the rocket launcher, which ultimately kills his sister there's a whole. You should watch the episode. It's complicated. Well, not you. I know that you. I was Chris like, I've Steven. watched the episode. I've watched it three times. <laughs> I, I know. I happened. watched it. I watched it ten
0: times. Well, fine. Well, before we get too deep, because we've gotten, uh, we we dipped our toes in, and then I think we just leapt into the deep end real quick. We did. Going we did. The on big, about that's the big picture. Andoron. That yeah, that's the big picture. It's a huge ocean of Andoron. It's, it's one of the rare cases that we're actually in the inner rim mm. or, where it's actually closer to Coruscant and that group of planets. Usually we're playing out and we hear the outer rim a lot. So the Tatooines and other planets that are far from the action. Yeah. Where the politics sort of trickle down, and but people can kind of be who they are and yeah, they know of the empire, but it's not something that has a constant presence on them as much as Andron does. But they're closer to the action. So if we think about it, this is kind of like the continental United States versus, <laughs> you know, Hawaii being the outer rim. I would go farther than that, I'd go like Guam. Sure. Yeah. Tatooine is essentially Guam, but a yeah. desert in planet form. Not like literally. So <laughs> as we started saying, we, we want to look at Saw Guerrera and who he is. We're going to concentrate on Saw. There's a lot that goes on in these episodes. There's a lot of themes that are brought up in these episodes and saw is some representation of some of these themes as we go through. Um, so we're not going to get ourselves distracted by Ahsoka and a love triangle.
1: Yeah, that's here. It's part of the gre- the greatness of this episode, but it's not it's, the topic.
0: Right. It's it's really nice to see Ahsoka feeling something, and
1: <laughs> I, I
0: really enjoy. I, this is the one thing I'll say about it. And I'm sorry for saying don't talk about it, and then I want to say one quick thing. <laughs> I love that Anakin's like addressing her and saying, hey, you need to get, you need to get your stuff together, Ahsoka. I, I think he notices something going on, you know, being Anakin, being who he is and what he's involved with currently during the Clone Wars and whom he's involved with. But just saying, hey, are you focused? <laughs> because I feel like you're going a little bit off. Are you all right? Keep your head in the game.
1: All three of the main Jedi characters are really bad at being
0: Jedi. You mean Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka? Yeah,
1: they they can't
0: talk to Ahsoka.
1: Hey, Ahsoka, don't have a crush. Like,
0: Obi-Wan, you can't talk. Hey, he had a crush, but he did not act on it. He did not have twins with his crush. Yeah, and he's been hung up on it for like 10 years. Yeah, he's been hung up on it, but he hasn't acted upon it. Now we're getting way off track. (laughs) Now we're getting... Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. So now that, now that we have Jedi Chris O'Dowd coming in to bring us back to where we should go, um, I think we should do a whole... St- <laughs> I think we should do a whole story on... Um, <laughs> we should do a whole episode on Star Wars and love and Jedi who are bad at not having connections. So we'll save that for later.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so... Give us a brief, what's, let's talk about the high-level overview of these four episodes, because they are one continuous thing, but they're kind of episodic still at the same time.
0: You're right. It's it's one big story about the Battle of Onderon and the freeing of Onderon from the Separatists taking over. Um, it starts off with a little insurgency, but they, there's a lot of con- um, conversation that the Jedi are having on Supporting terrorists versus it's an insurgency and it's a rebellion and it's something good versus something bad. And there's a lot of this about, well, are they terrorists? Are they rebels? Are they insurgents? And they get hung up on the terms that they're going to be using to describe these freedom fighters or mm-hmm. you know are they people who are actually causing terror? And I think that In a kid's show, this is really, really rare to be having these kinds of conversations. If it is a kid's show, I will use air quotes on kid's show because, Mm -hmm. you know, it does have some hallmarks of kid's shows, but I feel, especially in these four episodes, there's very little um, fun
1: for children in these four episodes. I think these are some of my favorite four episodes of this series. I think the first one does... The first episode of this quadrilogy does a couple things really well. It makes a single tank scary. Like, we're used to such big, sweeping, dramatic opponents in this show. And then the first episode makes a single tank a scary thing again. Um, And the first episode, I think, is the slowest one to find its footing. But by the end of this quadrilogy, this is some of the best of this show.
0: I think the first episode is a little bit difficult because they have a lot to set up. They Mm -hmm. have to set up the ideas that are fighting each other, so the insurgency versus terrorism, who's, who's right in this? The Jedi have to decide if they're going to act and how they're going to act. And if they act, will they cause greater things to be a problem? So they can't outwardly affect change. They have to go in by night with hoods up and everything, you know, because mm-hmm. you can't tell it's a Jedi if their hood is up.
1: Which That's is, true. It's not like they all have the same uniform or anything.
0: Right. Their hoods are up. It, it could be anybody in a long brown cloak. It could be anybody under that hood. Some kind of merchant of some kind. But I, I do enjoy that. It's like, wow, it's all these people with their hoods up. I'm sure they're not Jedi.
1: It's like when they take the hood down to they're like, oh, a Jedi! Like They didn't light up a lightsaber. Like How do you know with the hood up versus the hood down? That well, I guess Jedi. the
0: hood down, you can then... They kind of open up so you can see their tabards and everything. Mm-hmm. Their tabards. Like you're wearing the rest of the uniform.
1: Oh, got it. So. Um, Any, anyway. That, oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say as as so they have a lot to set up in how the Jedi are gonna take action, and then they have to build some. Tension, And they have to get all their tension started in that first episode. So setting up the tension of the Jedi in their action, the love triangle between <laughs> Ahsoka. They had to also put in the infighting between the rebels themselves. And mm-hmm. then they have to also set up the fight between the new King of Onderon versus the old imprisoned King of Onderon.
1: That stops with the second part, though.
0: I know, but... There's, there's a <laughs>
1: lot that they start
0: throwing in here yeah. to go in and the Jedi decide to start training these rebels so they can not cause havoc. So they teach them and the way the Jedi get around this is they teach them how to use weapons that will take out droids. So mm. EMPs and different things that will affect droids but not cause explosions, so they're not giving explosives or anything like that. They're like stuff that will only target droids, so there won't be any any deaths or casualties.
1: Well, they do have explosives, too.
0: I know they have explosives, too, but it's they're trying to target
1: the droids. I think we should also pause for a minute and talk about one striking thing that's very subtle in this episode, and I can't think of any examples before this. I think this is the first time that they use... Rebels to describe a group like this. And I think it's a very conscious choice in Star Wars. You don't say Rebels without thinking Rebel Alliance. You're right. This, and I, they dress a lot like the Rebel Alliance later, too. They really
0: do. Especially Rex, when he's hiding, he feels it's like, oh, he's in the Rebel Alliance all of a sudden. It, it does feel very much his uniform that he's wearing, which harkens back a little bit towards the uniforms that they use in Naboo in episode one. But mm-hmm. it also feels very much like the Yavin uniforms yes. um, during the Battle of Yavin in Episode 4.
1: I'm wondering if that'll be part of this as well. Will Rogue One establish that this Onderon thing is the beginning of the Rebel Alliance and that this is where essentially the Jedi have backed and started the Rebel Alliance? That's I wonder all if that'll be something.
0: I don't know. it door is open. The the door is open. They have somebody. I mean the, the the fact that they're in the inner rim does lend itself to be something where things can start because then they can be an example. And one of the things that the rebels in this episode don't have in the very beginning is direction. Mm-hmm. They know that they want to cause problems for the droids they know they want to destroy they know they want to fight back but they don't know anything further than that they don't have they don't have their pr and marketing in line you know <laughs> they don't know what their messaging is they don't know how to get the word out about what's going on they there's ju- no
1: call to action on their website it's exactly. just like a flash page right
0: Right. It's just mad tweets going out here and there, you know, hashtag Ooh. free Onderon.
1: Too real. Make Onderon great again. No. <laughs> no.
0: Uh but what I'm trying to say is that they don't have they don't have direction in what they're trying to accomplish. And in that, that's where we start with the leader of the rebels in the first episode is Saw Guerrera, mm-hmm. the self-proclaimed leader of these rebels who can't get the job done because they don't know what the job is. And you see very quickly that
1: he's incompetent at being a leader.
0: Well, he's, he's cocky and forceful and angry. And he's like, a lot of ways, he's the... I'm trying to think. Of, he's, he's somewhat of a bully, in a, in a way. Yeah, he's, he's fighting with Lux. He's just that, that jerk where he wants to prove that he's better than you by taking you down.
1: I think the illustrative moment in this episode is they're training how to disable a tank at the beginning and he and Lux are partnered up to take out the different chambers of a tank and when they're given the, the signal to go um, Saw knocks Lux out of the way with a shoulder and then Because of this, Lux is running behind and that winds up being like, why they don't succeed at taking out this fake tank and then derides Lux for messing it up. So he's brash because he wants to do it himself and prove that he's the best, like you're saying, but he also can't recognize fault in himself at this point. You're right. And I think that says a lot
0: that he's the leader of the rebels in this case. And Obi-Wan is ready at this point to pull out and go, well, I guess we're done here. (laughs) You know, like I don't think we're gonna get anywhere with these guys. It's a
1: bad idea. they're not ready for weapons. we can't fight with them. we can't even really train them like are yeah. out
0: done yeah they're not they're not they're not trainable they're they're really not the group of people that are ready to fight anything. I thought this was <laughs> a group of people who knew what they were doing, but it's people who don't
1: these are not the rebels we're looking for. <laughs> Exactly,
0: but that's where we start in episode in episode two, which is the first episode of this quadrilogy.
1: Yeah, In the second part of the quadrilogy, um, there's a good reveal at the end, which you have already spoiled. But let's let's talk about the build up to that for Saw. Here he wants to be a figurehead, and I wrote a note watching the. I think the beginning of the second episode that i realized that this quadrilogy is about whether movements and rebellions are about a single figurehead leader or the will of the people. I think that's the overarching struggle of this philosophical would, thing.
0: I would totally agree with that. And I think mm-hmm. they're trying to, in the in the very first episodes, it's very much that they want to be the vision for Onderon. And... In the second episode, they start recognizing that people are afraid, so they keep having these strikes in different cities and different places, and the actual citizens of Andoran are getting freaked out mm-hmm. at, by all of this action, by this violence that's going on, like and you do by terrorist attacks, by terrorist attacks, right? And or insurgent attacks or. <laughs> <laughs> So, there, and Saw Gerrera asks, and I wrote this note down, because I was going through his quotes, and every time he said something, I almost wrote it down. But he says, why are they afraid? Like, completely mm-hmm. not understanding why these people would be afraid of the actions. He's like, because obviously we're trying to help them. Ob- you know, isn't it obvious that we're just taking out the droids? And there's, they're wondering whether... The people are afraid because they can't finish what they're starting. You know, we do not they don't know if you could actually go all the way with this and stop, you know, overthrow the king and do everything, get rid of the droids. They don't think that you're powerful enough to do that. Or are they afraid by the actual acts being committed and they're afraid for their own safety and livelihood?
1: I don't think he's even thinking about the people at this point. He's I think not. That it's- yeah, for Saw, it starts off very much wanting the rebellion to be about leaders. He wants it to be about him being the leader. He's a self-proclaimed leader. Then in episode three of this quadrilogy, he goes to rescue the dethroned king because the dethroned king is their figurehead leader. And everyone else is saying, like, no, he's not. He's not giving the orders. Um, he's not in charge. He's a great person, but he's not our leader. And ultimately, where Saw winds up um, after his... At the end of episode two, his sister's proclaimed leader of the Alliance, and he's pretty salty about that. Yes. At the end, when she dies, I think he realizes that even without her, like Obi-Wan says, she's going to be a big presence in all their lives. Like, it's not about the leader, because she's not there anymore. Right. The Rebellion is about the people, and that's where he winds up, which is another interesting element, I think, to throw into Rogue One, a movie about not the traditional leaders that we've seen in Star Wars so far for the Rebel Alliance. It's about the other people... In the rebellion, right? It's
0: not all just the Skywalker's. There are other people in the galaxy.
1: Yeah, there are people trying to fix the galaxy, not like fix it then mess it up worse.
0: Hey, the Skywalker's are pretty good at that. Yes. Yeah. They do,
1: if anything, do
0: that. Oh. <laughs> Wonder who's going to show up in Episode Eight. <laughs> How are the Skywalker's going to um, make things better? How
1: will this trilogy of trilogies continue being about the Skywalkers? Hmm.
0: (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But uh, that's not to say that Saw is not a force to be reckoned with. Because in his brashness in episode two, when they decide that they want to make a show of how powerful the rebels actually are by taking out a power station... They think, well, we need to get some plans. Well, it's probably in one of the droids. So Saw says, I'll get one. And so he goes out to the street and rips off a, off a head of one of the battle droids. Not super battle droid, but just a you know, battle droid. You know, the Roger Roger ones. And just pulls, mm-hmm. pull, plucks a head off. Beep. And then they hook it up to a device. I guess it's USB 3 um, <laughs> and they plug it in so that way they can grab the exact plans that they need um, within moments of plugging it in.
1: It's convenience. It's fine. I mean, like the astromech droids do that all the time. Why does every single space, sh- space station have the same thing that R2-D2 and Chopper can plug into? Like, Again. just don't make the same input. It's You'll it's <laughs> be fine.
0: It's, it's all, it's all compliant. I mean, if, if the Empire needs to charge their phone, if the stormtroopers have to charge their phone or other equipment, they don't want to be looking for different cords that going on different planets. They need to make sure that it's one connector. It's a one, galactic standard. It's a galactic standard compliance.
1: There's even someone in charge, a grand port Tarkin. He's in charge of all the ports. All the ports. Every port. Mm-hmm. It has to be GSE. I want to see in the New Republic the one guy saying, but the Empire had good things, we have the same ports everywhere. <laughs> now I have dongles. I have dongles what? everywhere. Down with the New Republic. I don't need three kinds of droid to do one thing. <laughs> and now I have to ch- get charged 19 credits. For every single dongle I need for my droids? (laughs) Why do I have a recurring charge on my account every month? I don't even understand. Why does my droid need more storage? I thought it was stored in the cloud. No, it's stored in the sky. In the sky?
0: Walker? Sky, Skywalker. (laughs) Skynet? Is it in the Skynet? No, no, different sci-fi. Is that something else? Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) we made it back somehow. Um, now, <laughs> that was a long one. I, <laughs> I should not have coffee before we start recording because that was a long one. Um, I'm. So he pulls off the head of the droid. Here's, here's where we got lost. Okay. I found my way back. But also <laughs> in the third episode, he actually is able to take out a tank on his own.
1: Yes, they build it up. You see the progression from amateur to professional rebel very uh, quickly.
0: Yeah. He's like, oh, now I have to remember to close the door down so that way <laughs> the bomb stays down there and destroys the tank and takes him out. And he's wearing a cloak, so he looks almost like a Jedi doing it.
1: which is th- completely believable.
0: Yeah. So I think it's, it, they've made his evolution to a soldier really impressive i mean the way he jumps and leaps though he might as well be a jedi mm-hmm. taking out that tank i mean let's be real the one thing he's missing is a lightsaber to take out everything else um i don't see forrest whitaker jump like
1: that in the new movie
0: yeah well doesn't he have a robotic leg or something like okay.
1: uh probably that sounds right
0: i feel like he has a robotic leg or, or should I, f- I feel like he does though Um, But in that episode, he also breaks into the prison on his own to try Mm -hmm. to free the king, gets caught, because of course he is, (laughs) because he doesn't get out of there very fast, and then they realize, oh no, it's a one-way shield, so he got in, but couldn't get back out.
1: Uh, Why is there, uh, let's not go on a tangent for the one-way shield, that's
0: yeah let's just say that's that was fun and surprising like oh now i can't get out <laughs> it is a surprise
1: but it's kind of like why would anyone have a one-way shield <laughs> we just like having prisoners people can come people in can get in yeah <laughs> just can't get just out can't leave come on in a, a ship could totally land here in the middle of this garden this yeah but it couldn't
0: garden. take off again
1: yeah but they could like then destroy a hole in the wall then and zoom out
0: yeah, but if it tries to take off, maybe it'll just crash on the one-way shield.
1: We're we're on that tangent that we shouldn't so. have gone down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets captured, and he is tortured with the favorite thing to be tortured by in the Clone Wars, which is the floaty electricity thing, where you're floating up there, and then they're just zapping you with volts and volts of electricity.
1: And they have... Some good lines about that as they're torturing him. The general says, what you're doing guarantees that others will take his place. And then the droid general says, they too will suffer. Which is a great line, even no matter how cheesy it is. Right. But I think it sets the stage for the Rebel Alliance, essentially. Like, yeah, others are going to take his place. And they do suffer. But they're going to keep taking the place. The more suffering, the more people will rebel against you.
0: And then um, his sister Stila makes a decision to leave him there mm-hmm. and not rescue him. He won't be rescued at this point. So the, essentially, they're leaving him there to be to die. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if he dies, he made his choice, and uh, oh well. <laughs> I mean, she's not that callous, but she's very much just understanding that there's something bigger at work here. Yeah, she's leading. She's leading.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Followed by this is a great, tense execution scene that is an amazing Ahsoka scene. I think it's so good, but there's almost no saw in it, so let's not talk about it. Yeah. But long story short, he's there. They happen to rescue him also along with the king. Thank goodness. And the episode ends with Saw saying, we will fight them together. And like raising a celebratory cup of some non-alcoholic drink because he's probably a teenager. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, and then at right as he's saying, we will fight them together. It cuts to Ahsoka having a private conference with Anakin and Obi-Wan through their hollow thing. And she says, we need help. And they say, no one's coming. This sets up like the, the fallacy of the Jedi at the end of this third part is that they can start things in this war, but they're not going to finish them. The rebels want to fight together. The Jedi want to fight for themselves.
0: Well, they have, to be fair, they have a lot of other stuff to take care of in this galactic
1: all-out war. They do. And it's not necessarily a criticism of the Jedi themselves, but it's a criticism of how the Jedi are operating as soldiers and generals. You're right. Because it is a war, and they have to make decisions that aren't Jedi-like. They're not Jedi-friendly decisions.
0: Which is where the whole series takes us at the end of Clone Wars. It's the Jedi aren't behaving as defenders of peace in the galaxy. They are violent. They are... Cruel, And I think this is where there is a little bit in the fourth episode where we start to see Anakin really acting um, Mm un-Jedi-like because they're taking the easy way out. And it's because of his connections to Ahsoka that he acts on them and actually sends... So they're not going to send gunships which they could probably take out the rebellion pretty or not the rebellion but take out the separatist occupation pretty quickly if they sent some a couple of republic ships. But they could. They're not If gonna, they just
1: got involved and invaded, it'd be fine. But they're not going to do that. mean, it would be that. fine politically.
0: No, it would yeah. be awful politically. Um, but they have to at, they force Anakin to act un Jedi like by um,
1: joining him with the pirates, Hondo. Yeah, which is a nice bonus if you're watching Rebels and have watched Clone Wars, you get to see some Hondo action in this series, and get to see
0: uh, him making a deal with Hondo to do some weapons trafficking <laughs> to the rebels, like you do as a Jedi. Of these, yeah, which I was like, oh, this is really troubling. To have Anakin making these arms deals with pirates.
1: Why so, doesn't Darth Vader like hire Hondo in Empire Strikes Back? I want to see that digital re-edit of Hondo with the bounty hunters.
0: He, I think Darth Vader knows better than to I hire idiot. Hondo.
1: Like, but I love him.
0: I do. I know. I'm sure that Darth Vader... That's why he's still alive. It's because Darth Vader probably still enjoys... but knows that he can't really trust him at that point in his life yeah based on his actions and rebels he's not useful to someone like Darth Vader anymore he's just not he doesn't have any of the power or control that Darth Vader would require Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's a has been
1: my favorite oh look at the time I gotta go (laughs)
0: <laughs> um but where we leave it the rebels are given weapons through this illegal deal um from the okay. jedi and as we talk about saw saw is able to they're able to all start taking out these new ships these new gunships that are flying around everywhere with single rocket blasts with these really powerful um rockets that take out the blast shields.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Saw is able to take one down and the gunship crashes into an area where his sister is and forces her and the cliff crumbles, she starts to fall, she's caught, she's being brought back up by Ahsoka using the force. And Ahsoka gets shot, loses her concentration, and drops her to
1: her death. And Saw's sister dies in this really like terrifying way. She, she has this terrifying scream right at the end, like there's no closure. It's like this very random, meaningless death, which I think is important for Saw to experience based on where we're going to pick up with him in Rogue One. It's this meaningless death in this war. I mean, it has meaning, but it's also the people create meaning for it.
0: And it wasn't caused. He sees it as caused by himself, Mm -hmm. even though that gunship could have been, could have crashed anywhere. It just went out of control. So it was random. Yes, he shot it down, but he's blaming himself for that act where he says, I shot that gunship down, but it didn't hit her directly. It didn't kill her directly. What killed her was Ahsoka losing her concentration and getting shot.
1: It was a combination of things that killed her. Like the cliff wouldn't have crumbled if the gunship didn't crash. There's a lot of things to blame. I know, which is why
0: him putting it on himself says a lot about who he is.
1: But it was also, he's. I think it is partly his fault. He does take the whole thing. Um, but it is... Like he grabs a rocket launcher like, I got this. And he just fires it haphazardly at the ship. And he kind of nicks it. That's what sends it flying. I think it's his brashness that we see in the first episode coming back of like, oh, I can do this.
0: Mm. And so he recognizes that in him and maybe will is going to retreat
1: a little bit. Yeah, it's a tragic flaw. I don't think we're going to see the same brashness. In rogue one i think the saw we're going to meet in rogue one is first of all <clears throat> no longer brash. he's very reserved and wants to think of a good plan number two is kind of like this atheist or agnostic version with the jedi of other people want to fight because the jedi were so good and he says no the jedi were bad i don't care about them we should fight for ourselves and he's all about the people and finding the will of the people instead of looking for a single leader i mm-hmm. think that's the figurehead we're going to meet hmm and that's why I think that he's a very specific choice,
0: as opposed to we need a an african American character from a cartoon to bring in, or you know it's like I mean there's only like two of those you could have brought in. I know, but where they the thing that that they had to go through is we need a character that exemplifies this. do we have somebody already that we can bring in, and I don't know if that's the that was the line of thinking, or you know, if it was just organically, who had that idea? Yeah. I know sure. that we've talked a lot about Disney having their story trust and Pixar having their brain trust, and they Lucasfilm has their story group mm-hmm. to try to keep everything in line. That I'm sure that somebody was like, "What about Saw Guerrera?" You know, <laughs> to throw I mean, that out there.
1: Even their new Canon's already like a little wishy-washy, so hopefully we're not reading into this too much. But I, I feel good. I my hope is also my outside hope is that this will be our first on-screen mention in the live-action movies of Ahsoka. Saw so, how'd you get so smart? The Jedi came and trained us. Her this name was Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, <laughs> I learned everything I know from Ahsoka Tano. And it moves on, that's all. I don't need to see Ahsoka. There's no Star Wars flashbacks, we don't have that. I don't think we're gonna see her. I just I want to mention some reference to Ahsoka. But wouldn't
0: that be really cool to have a flashback? There
1: won't be one, but wouldn't that be really fun? It'd be fun. Maybe they'll do like No. Maybe I... it'll start in the past. It won't be a flashback. It'll start with the Anderon Rebellion.
0: No, no, it's it's no. It, it's it has to start with Jin Urso.
1: Has yeah. to start with her. It's not about Saw. Just like it's not about Lando, but I want it to be about Lando. Hashtag not about Saw. <laughs> Saw two. This <laughs> that could be the name for this movie. Saw two, a Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I do.
0: I still am holding out hope for a renewed hope. A renewed hope,
1: <laughs> a renewed hope.
0: for uh, an, an Ahsoka film. I still am, even after the Ahsoka novel, which was really, really good.
1: I need to read it still. But I like the typos you pointed out, but, you know.
0: What, she, if she has a fake identity, keep calling her by the right name. Mm-hmm. I know it's confusing. I would, I would have
1: lost track myself. I mean, I like the Ventress novel, but there are similar typos in there. So, Just the books are not up to the same standard as the animated TV show. But they're
0: good. The stories are good. good. They're good good. good stories.
1: What is your favorite Saw-related thing? Okay. Um,
0: I was thinking about this because I tried to limit things the way I was watching it to Saw's story. And while Mm -hmm. he's not the main character throughout this, and as we start to see things change between Ahsoka and Anakin, I tried to ignore that and go for Saw- And I think for me, my favorite thing (laughs) was the one way (laughs) shields, the one way Ray Ray Shields in the prison because it's, and not because of its dramaturgical issues, (laughs) but because it's him, the leader of the rebellion, who's trying to free the king having a political argument with the king about what they're trying to accomplish. And that says a lot about who Saw is. He's arguing Mm -hmm. with the person he's trying to save about his reasons for saving him and his reasons for taking the actions that they take. Um, So his saying that resistance is not terrorism.
1: In the words of John Patrick Stanley, I have such doubts (laughs) <laughs> exactly see if we did a playwriting thing in our show it's good because that's that's what we do
0: <laughs> what was your favorite thing Mackenzie
1: um, I'm going to stick with the making a single tank scary again um, and showing the force that a single tank has because we're used to the Jedi and you get this nice emotional journey of Saw like failing at even taking down this practice tank and then seeing him take it out single handedly later it's this nice like you can learn you can be taught moment and that's a nice journey for him And I
0: think it would be nice in terms of um, Rogue One itself to see these people are just people. There are no Jedi. There are no Skywalkers. Mm -hmm. There's nobody special. There are no lightsabers. You know, we get to experience (laughs) war from people who are not led by a Jedi, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure is going to be pretty bad.
1: I want them to be anti-Jedi on top of that, Not just like, oh, the Jedi aren't here. Just very anti-Jedi.
0: Yeah. For the Even people there who are, remember.
1: They're probably like concurrent Jedi, like happening. There's Jedi everywhere.
0: Well, I think in a certain point, they're like, well, the Jedi are basically like Harry Potter characters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, yeah, sure. Jedi. I've heard of them, but they're basically wizards, space wizards. We
1: forgot all about them. That was totally 15 years ago. <laughs> no one remembers that dark time. A lot has happened since then. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: We have, we have a guy in a scuba mask. We have like a guy in a hood. Like things are changed. Things are changed now.
1: Yeah, moons aren't even moons anymore. You can't even count on that. (laughs) Exactly. That's not a moon. Um, (laughs) So we do
0: have a a little bit of unfinished business that you wrote down.
1: Yes, as we are ramping up to um, animated Oscar season. The glitziest um, of the Oscars seasons. The most revered award in the Oscars for best animated feature. Um, we're following this closely. Zootopia was named both the best animated 2016 movie by the New York City Critics Circle. That's a good indication. And it's in the top three gifts of 2016 according to Variety. So, I mean, it's up to you to determine which of those is more prestigious. Um, <laughs> I think they're both telling. They are. They are. If it's that. Well, I mean, that's why Frozen won the best animated picture because just no one watched it, but everyone's daughter loved it. So if everyone's sending gifts of Zootopia, then the critics who aren't going to watch the animated features because I they think they're better than that are just going to know like, oh, well, I've seen this GIF. Therefore, it must be a good movie.
0: I think it should win based on the performance of Flash the Sloth on its own, like hands down. That's the true. S- Flash the Sloth wins for Zootopia that performance the,
1: the first trailer for this movie was basically the four year consideration for this movie yeah if you laugh at this and
0: it's still funny the fifth time you watch it we should get the Oscar thank you and good night <laughs> that's how that should have ended That's how first the-
1: of all I want to thank the academy
0: <laughs> so uh, should we talk homework time
1: let's do homework time For your homework,
0: we are going to be discussing a movie that is, I can't believe, 15 years old, which is Spirited Away, the classic Oscar-winning film, since we're talking about (laughs) best animated features, the best animated feature-winning Spirited Away, directed and written by Miyazaki. Mm Mm-hmm. It's Good our, times. It's our first time talking about a Miyazaki film.
1: so Also topical as Miyazaki is possibly coming out of retirement for like the 15th time.
0: Uh, coming out of retirement to do another full length about a Caterpillar.
1: That sounds about right.
0: So, yeah, coming out of retirement. I think it's his third time coming out of retirement. At least. And they've talked about, his producers have talked about, you know, one day they're just going to walk in and he's going to be dead on the drawing board and... They'll know, like, oh, he died doing what he loved. Working. Like, <laughs> that's how he's going to die. Not animation,
1: just working as a whole.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, when the thing you love is your work. You know, that's, that's one thing. Anyway, so watch Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. Grab it. I, it's not available on iTunes. It's not on Netflix. But you can get the DVD and the Blu-ray from different locations.
1: Mm -hmm. or if you just happened to see it a couple weeks ago for the 15th anniversary return to theaters, you're set. It's probably too late for that now by the time you're listening to this. But if you did already watch it by the time we assign this homework, you're good. You're good. Good on you, kid. Uh, So uh, we
0: should probably go see Rogue One. Unless we've already seen it by the time this airs. Yes.
1: I mean, I won't have. I won't have either. I I will be seeing it tomorrow when this airs. Okay, I probably will
0: see it tomorrow when this airs as well.
1: Yeah, I got tickets. I can't do any spoilers. Okay, well. As always, thank you to our engineer, Nadja Cotino, and to Jacob Reed for the music. You can catch us on the web, on Twitter,
0: at WGAnimated, to join us in conversation if you enjoyed Saw and our conversation about Saw Guerrera, And if you have any theories on Saw Guerrera in Rogue One, not having seen it, let us know there. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash animated, and our show notes and different things, different links to different stories at writersgetanimated.tumblr.com If you enjoy the show, we would love you to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of people enjoyed our Moana episodes, so keep. there's something else that you can go back and listen to. But find us, give us a review on iTunes, say hello. We'd appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Hashtag Duran Gate. I don't know. Just tell us if we're right about any of these theories. I would love it if it's the day after tomorrow. That sounds really ominous. The day after tomorrow when this airs and like everything we talked about was wrong in this episode. Or right. I'd prefer if we were right, but I, I would love for this to be obsolete already. Yeah. Well,
0: here's to being wrong. Cheers. Cheers. Ching. Ching. Good night, everybody.